0: Hey, uh, welcome to episode number 50 of the Average Man Podcast, Dumb Things. Man, how good's Paul Kelly? Hey, I thought about playing the like uh, the a version that Briggs and Trials of AB Original did where they um, they got Mr. Paul Kelly in to perform that uh, with them. They had Paul Kelly and Dan Sultan um, and it was pretty damn sweet Um version of it but I thought you know the classic is good enough people will appreciate that and uh they played they played that one out because yeah he performed a couple of tracks at the AFL Grand final yesterday we'll get to that soon let me do my shout outs quickly um, and then we can move on into this podcast number 50 the big 5o As always, I'd like to do my shout-outs to Two-Way Hire Services, family-owned and operated two-way radio supplier. They're down in Perth, but they ship up here to the Pilbara, man, so get hold of them. They do your handheld radios, CB radios for your vehicle, antennas, all that kind of shit. They do hiring as well as um, retailers also. So, yeah, check them out on twhs.com.au or on Facebook and Instagram. Also a big shout out by Captured by Carlos, I had the man Carlos on uh, last week, we had a pretty good yarn, um, that was a good episode back down south, that was called Number 49, So go go back and check that one out if you'll never listen to that and Carlos is a local photographer who's doing some cool shit around town man, real busy dude, a lot of energy um, so yeah, go check that podcast out If you want to hear it from him yourself um, Also shout out to PCC Productions Brad Holder and the team over at PCC Productions They're the audio visual specialists Up here in the Pilbara They're the guys that make the live events And music events And um, all your, your Heady Cups And Marble Cup days And um, you know, big functions Where they need audio equipment and all that kind of shit They're the guys that, that make all that stuff happen So go check out PCC Productions, man Um yeah, Facebook, Instagram, their website, same kind of channels as, as usual. Shout out also to Ibs and Kate from Ironworks Gym. They're a functional fitness gym over this side of town here in Port on Anderson Street. Um, yeah, they do Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, gymnastics, plyometrics, cardio, sort of uh, um, a bit of uh, CrossFit-style training. Um, they do classes starting at like 6 in the morning all the way through till I think the last class is 6 in, in the evening, so plenty of chances to get over there and, and pump it out with those guys as well. Um, Shout-outs to Pilbara Adventure Riders, Hel- Healthy Warriors. Shout-outs to Telling Designs, uh, Shafted Spearfishing. Yeah, just to everyone around the community who, who's um, – You know, been on the podcast, Jared Goen from Northwest Muay Thai, um, the crew over at Life and Soul, Carly Orr, and all the crew over there. Just and F forty five. Just yeah, shout out to everyone who I've sort of been on the podcast and who's um, involved in the little community here and supporting us as well. So, big big shout outs. Trying to move these along a little bit quicker. I've had some feedback from people saying, "Come on, the shout outs are taking too long." So yeah, I'm trying to just pump through them a little bit quicker and um and keep shit moving. But um, that's some um, that's them done for today. So that's it. It was four minutes thirty, and about a minute and a half of that was songs. So I reckon that's pretty good, mate. Three minutes, three minutes of shout-outs, we can all live with that, eh? Um, yeah, as I said, welcome to episode number fifty, the big five oh. So I was kind of thinking I might do something a little bit more um I don't know, something a bit more special for the five oh um podcast, but it just didn't turn out that way, man. I had Callus on last week. I got a couple more interviews lined up. In the coming weeks, but as of as of today, just, it's just me sitting at home Got the kids chilling out, have some quiet time in their bedroom The missus is outside doing some gardening So I've got a little bit of time, just an hour to, to squeeze a quick podcast in now So nothing special, nothing crazy, got a bit of shit to talk about uh, as usual And um, yeah, we'll just keep moving forward man Five, 5050 is just a number really isn't it But that's pretty cool man, I started doing these in uh, July I think, July last year Try to be fairly consistent. Obviously, I've only got 50, and there's been more than 50 weeks in that time period. So, I haven't done one every single week, but I have tried to, to stay fairly consistent. You know, holidays and sometimes life gets in the way, and I miss a week here or there, but uh, I really do try and pump them out pretty consistently. So, I'm good, man. H- happy to get to 50. I feel good about that. Um, yeah, man. And just going to keep, keep on moving forward, you know, or a year, sort of 15 months in, I guess. 15 months in and, and um, I'm just going to keep pumping them out and hopefully for people who, for people who've been listening since the beginning, you can hear a um, the beginning, sorry, my, my Australian slang's coming through a little bit strong lately, I've, I've heard that on the playback when I listen to them, um, yeah, hopefully people who've been listening from the beginning that have, have heard an improvement in the way I talk and the way the flow of the podcast goes and everything, so um, that's the idea, just keep doing them, keep getting better and, and keep, People, uh, entertainer, listening. Um, if you are listening today, good hey, How you going? Maybe you listen uh, a day during the day. Maybe you're listening at work. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're on night shift. I know I got um, mates that listen to this on on night shift sometimes. So if I'm your companion, getting you through a long, boring night tonight, um, well, how the fuck are you? What a what a brilliant voice to be listening to at fucking two a.m. in the morning, trying to get through the, the nightmare part of your night shift day. Eh? <laughs> anyway, hey man, um, I'll cover a few current and local events and just fly on from there Like I said, it's just me just talking today, so just talking, there goes my Australian slang again Just me talking to get again today, so so nothing too crazy or um, whatever um, You know, no, no specific agenda, just having a bit of a yarn and, and, a, and a catch up So... um we had the big grand final yesterday, AFL grand final. It's not my grand final. I'm an NRL fan for anybody that knows me and has been listening for a while. But, uh, you know, it's still a, a big event, a big deal. And I try to watch finals football and always try to watch grand finals. And any, any sort of sport up at the top level, I'm pretty interested in just seeing where, where we're at with that and what the athletes are like at that that level. Um, grand finals can be kind of a bit hit and miss, can't they? Like... Um, Sometimes you do get the two best teams in the competition who make it all the way through to the end, and you get a really epic battle. Um, and they're the teams that everybody knows should be there. And sometimes you get a team that was, you know, good enough to make it there, obviously, but maybe not the best team uh, in the league, and, and they kind of get rolled over by by the other team. And that, that, I think that's a little bit what happened with GWS and and Richmond yesterday. Hey, sort of, it's a bit of a tight first quarter, low scoring. Um, you know, I guess. It, could have gone either way in the first quarter Um, and then um, near the end of that quarter, Richmond started putting a few points on and and from second quarter on, it was really just all Richmond, hey, they just started putting points on and um. yeah, GWS just seemed to be a bit stunned. They didn't know what to do. They didn't change gears. They didn't start playing a different style of football or anything, you know, and um, I guess the frustration and, and all that started compounding after a while and they looked a little bit like a deer in the headlights and, and just did nothing. They just got rolled over. So, so for me, if you're a Richmond's, Richmond fan, that's probably you're probably happy to see that, you know, see your – um, favorite players and your team put putting points on and getting close and close to to the premiership, but for for the casual fan like myself, it's pretty boring to watch a team just get rolled over like that. It's not really even a a, a tight game of footy. So yeah, didn't didn't really do it for me. Um, and before I move on to the NRL um, games and finals campaign that's still going on at the moment, I gotta I gotta mention the uh, um the music. Pre-game music setup at the AFL, so it was up and down. I guess it was up and down. It was a little bit of a roller coaster. They they went with an all-Australian um, lineup, which was good. I think you guys had the Killers at the AFL Grand Grand Final last year, um, who did a pretty good job. They're a pretty big band. They're kind of They've they had an album out last year, so they're sort of relevant again, and they got a big sound. So for this for that kind of stage, you know that that's a good band, good choice to go with. But they went with the all Australian lineup this year, which is cool. I'm down with that too. But um, you got to pull it off. Um, and I don't know if they did completely. I didn't actually watch all the um performances, but I've you know. I've seen clips. I've seen clips of them, and and I've read up what the general public's opinion of them were were. And uh, I know one of, one of the artists in particular that they they gave the stage to was um, a lady who calls herself Tones and I. The band, I guess, is Tones and I. She's a pop singer, um, writer. Single songwriter And she's really just new She's only just come on the s- scene this um, this year So she was a busker from Byron Bay And she's got a pretty big buzz around her at the moment She's been playing Splendour in the Grass And she's got a big following through the the younger crowd Who've been listening to her on Triple J And, and I guess they're probably p- playing her on um, On your commercial radio stations by now too But um, it might have been a case of A little too much too soon um, for, for Old Love Because Yeah um, yeah, I think that uh, nobody really knew who she was. The general, you know, the wider public didn't didn't really didn't really know who she was. So that might have been a bit hard for her. And it, she's it's one person on stage, and she kind of dresses like a bogan, like just a normal chick who's sort of out with a baggy clothes and hat on shit like that. So she doesn't kind of have the look either, um, which doesn't matter in the scheme of things. But when you when you're an unknown artist and you're trying to get a crowd pumped up for a big game like that, I know it's maybe a little bit of a task um, for her being unknown like that. So I don't know if that hit the mark um, on the head. It's, it's, I was looking at it; it's kind of awkward, it's just one chick standing in the middle of this sort of stage, um, dancing around, trying to trying to bring that energy and like fill the the arena, you know, which would be bloody. Bloody hard And I don't know If they pulled that one off um, Also Dean Lewis Who's massive He's got a bunch Of massive hits You know He's been in the Hottest 100 And he's been on the charts For a couple of years now And he's got a lot of Big pop songs You know the catchy Everyone knows him Everyone knows his tracks But Not really Pump yourself up uh, You know Grand final kind of, kind of music Is it So I don't know I don't know Maybe they didn't hit the mark On that one either um, Yeah Again like I didn't actually watch it. I'm just going off the the clips and what people are sent. What people seem to be saying, um, yeah, online and things like that. But maybe they didn't hit the mark with that one either. So um, they were probably rescued by. I think they had John Williams doing "Waltzing Matilda" as well, which is kind of just a bit of one of those Australiana classic type, you know, songs and and artists. So he he probably probably was all right as a warm up. And then they had. Um, Paul Kelly, come out and do a couple of tracks. So obviously I started the, tr- the podcast with Dumb Things today. And, you know, Paul Kelly, he seems like he kind of rescued the, the the pre-game performance a little bit. Just a classic. He's just a classic artist, classic songs. He's got a big kind of sound. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves to sing along to those songs. So they, they might have they pulled it off with uh, ha- having Paul Kelly come in at the end there. Um, yeah, and, and close it out for him. Um, as far as the the national anthem and 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 there's another segment uh, of music I'll get to in a second. But as far as that national anthem uh, goes, bloody they had some some random dude singing singing the Australian anthem in like a country western style accent, like so he's kind of put an American twang on it, you know. Um, which is kind of weird when it's the Australian anthem. You want that to be, I don't know, Australian sounding. So I found that really bizarre having some dude sing the, the Australian national anthem with that American American twang on it. And, hey, man, maybe I'm just reading into it. I do love my music. I do love um, sort of uh, analysing live events and music events and shit like that. So maybe no one else gives a Shit, but I, I I watched that, and for me it was cringe-worthy. I was just thinking, oh man, why why have this dude singing the the Australian anthem when it does has a country western twang to it? But anyway, that's just me being picky, man. Um, and then just before the game started, they had some dude, and I'm probably going to get shit for this. I'm sure this is like seems to be some sort of um, tradition in the uh, in the AFL circles, and, but. This Mike Brady dude (laughs) singing the song Up There Kazaley, Out There Kazaley, Up There Kazaley. What the fuck is that? (laughs) I I was gobsmacked by how just terrible that was, that whole song. Just everyone singing along. Up there (laughs) Kazaley. Out in the crowd. What what is that shit? Is that something you guys do every year, or is it like some classic footy song or something? That was just terrible. What is, what's a Kazali? What does that mean? Uh, everyone else seemed to be on board with it, so I'm, I'm assuming I'm I'm missing something here. And like I said, I'm I, I might get um I might get chewed up and spit out for for this one, but I'm I'm happy to take some flack for it because that was terrible, weird weird and terrible what the hell's what's a kazalia I, I put a little instagram pickup. up i haven't been on there to see if there's any comments or anything yet an, an instagram video sorry i haven't been on to check if there's been any comments or anything if i've got any shit online for that yet but it the crowd seemed to be digging it and everyone knew the song and everything but from an outsider's perspective that was, that was very very odd um but yeah power to to mike brady he seemed to know what he was all about and the crowd seemed to love him maybe i'm the weird one here but yeah, that was the pre-game. Game itself was pretty shit, in my opinion. As I said, unless you're a Richmond fan, I'm sure you you don't care. You're probably just stoked to get another premiership, and see your your team and your lads kicking goals, and 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 um yeah, getting over the line again. Pretty disappointing if you're a GWS f- fan. But you know, you you made it to the the big the big show, and you had your, you had a chance to to get over the line, and it is what it is at the end of the day, I guess. But um yeah, it wasn't my game, but I watched it anyway, and um. Now that's done. Moving on with the with the NRL. For me, it was a big weekend of football in the NRL. Our grand final's on next week, next Sunday. Um, and uh, we had a couple of... Yeah, we had our qualifying... Uh, well, our semifinals on Friday and Saturday night. So just last night and Friday night. Friday night was the Rabbitohs Raiders. Good game. Really good game, man. And they're both two, two hard, gritty sort of teams. They've been underdogs of late, of... of Years of late, uh, um, so they're teams that people kind of like to get behind and like to, to, to see get up as well. Um, and it was a good, hard game, but in the end, uh, I mean, I won't lie, I fell asleep on the couch. I'd been down to the pub and had a few beers after work and waited until the kids went to bed before I put it on. So I probably started watching it at 8.30 or some shit and I fell asleep sort of just after halfway. But I do know what happened, and, and it was a good, hard, gritty game, what I saw. Um, the Raiders ended up getting up 16.10 over, over the Rabbitohs. So the Rabideau season dies there and the Raiders go on to the big dance next week. And then Saturday night was a big game for me. I'm a Melbourne Storm supporter. Um, It was Melbourne Storm and and Roosters. And um, that was the grand final last year, Melbourne Storm and Roosters. And then sort of consensus, two best teams in the competition at the moment for for the last few years as well. So uh, it just so happened that they both finished one and two on the ladder this year, uh, so you get that chance to. If you win your first um, finals game, you get a, a buy for the next week, and you go through to the quali- to to the semi final stage. Um, the Storm lost that qualifying final game, so they had to play again, which meant that these two teams met each other last night in the semis. Um, so only one of those teams could make it through to the grand final. So you know it, it very easily. Um, could have could have been the grand final those two playing again this year they are, really are the two best teams in the competition and man they played like it last night too hard hard game uh, low scoring the Roosters are the best attacking team in the in the league and the Storm are the best defending team in the league so it was low scoring um, but. Yeah, you know, just a hard game. It was more like a game of origin. The way that the big hits and the, and the refs really stayed out of the game and let them do a lot of work in the ruck. It was really rough. There was head injuries. I think there was four or five head injuries. People taking off for the, for the head injury assessments. There was dudes just getting ribs cracked and knees blown out. Sort of. There was there's a fair few injuries, man. It was a heavy, hard game. Low scoring. Um, and the Roosters ended up ended up getting over over the storm at the end, which I was pretty bloody disappointed in. It really was it was disappointing um, for result for me. I, I, I felt like we'd done enough uh, finishing minor premiers and really coming in hard at the end of the season this year to to, to get through and be in the big the big game for next weekend. But at the end of the day, if you can't beat you know the other best teams to get there, you're not the best team. In the league. So I think last night the Roosters proved themselves to be the best team in the league at the moment. They won the grand final last year and they beat us in the qualify in the semifinals uh, last night. So they're probably just, you know, they've just got an edge on, on the Melbourne Storm at the moment and, and that's the way um, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So next week's game will be Roosters versus Raiders and it'll be a good bloody game. Good hard game and um, if you're a Raiders supporter or, or a Raiders team member, you'd be pretty stoked at seeing that game last night because uh, there was no holes opened up in the in the the defence or the game of the Roosters, but they got smashed. Both teams got smashed, so they've only got one week to to recover from a really hard game of footy, man. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that that all plays out next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, pretty pretty excited about that, and that plays out on um Sunday next week. So I kind of wanted to go camping. This weekend and next weekend, I had it sort of penciled in in my mind. But yeah, being the the end of the footy season, I just figured I'll, I'll wait it out and, and watch the, the the finals, and then watch the big grand final next week. And then Emma's away for a week after for the the weekend after that down in Perth, and then we'll head out the weekend after um, in October, probably be the last one for the year. But next week I got the grand final on Sunday, and also got UFC two forty three, which is a big big bloody card. Um, it's for the middleweight title fight, it's a middleweight title fight for the middleweight championship um, And at the moment, the middleweight champion is an Australian So it's the UFC's first Australian champ, or Australia's first UFC champ, however you want to say it And he's defended that belt a couple of times now And Robert Whittaker is his name, he's a he's a Kiwi-born Australian, so he's, he's born in... Born in NZ and race in um, Brisbane over in um, on the yeah, on the east coast there, and um, but he's you know he he, he sort of um, respects both you know Australian and New Zealand heritage, but I think he sort of is m- calls himself Australian. He's more he's more um, yeah built as an Australian fighter, fighting a, a New Zealand born Nigerian fighter. So no. I'm not not sure if he's born, but is but Adesanya, Israel Adesanya is who he's fighting for the middleweight belt, and he's actually the current interim champ because Rob Whitaker was um, injured and couldn't defend his belt last time around, so they fought for an interim belt. So he's Nigerian, but he's a Kiwi. I think he might be born in New Zealand as well. So he's a um, he's a Nigerian New Zealander f- fighting a uh, Kiwi Aussie. <laughs> so it's a big it's a big big fight for um. It's a big fight for the UFC in general, and it's a big fight for the Aussie and Kiwi fans too. And that's going to be held over at Etihad Stadium in Melbourne, um, where they've had some big fights in the past, man. So I'm pretty pumped about this. These guys are, um, as I was just talking about the NRL sometimes and the AFL, sometimes the two best teams don't end up making it to the final dance. Um, well, this is a case where this really are these really are the two best middleweights in the world right now. Um which is again, man. Sometimes you don't always get that. Sometimes someone gets injured, someone gets hurt, someone gets knocked out in a fluke fight or whatever. And you're not a fluke, but somebody gets gets knocked out by someone who's probably not as good as them as an all round fighter. And they, you don't, you know, you get someone who's not ready to take on the champion in a championship fight. This is not that kind of fight. Adesanya is the real deal. St- the last style bender, as he calls himself. Um, he's he's got all he's he's a uh, got he's got all the flashy moves. He's a bit sort of self-styled somewhere between conor mcgregor with his brashness and his and outspokenness and anderson silver with his style of fighting he sort of fights like he's in the matrix um he's a big video game video game sort of f- um and freak fanatic so he styles himself um he does a lot of cool moves and shit and, and um poses and and um sort of a lot of video edits of himself in fights that other people do for him I think Of him looking like A video game Video character From a video game You know Like um, He'll do a move And like his eyes Will light up in there And then a big Fireball come out of his hands or, or or whatever you know like they do the kind of shit like that on little Instagram videos and stuff. Really flashy fighter. He was a kickboxer with a really good record before he came over to um, MMA and he built himself up slowly through the through the um, circuit outside of the UFC before he took a UFC fight and he's been undefeated since he joined the UFC. Really just flying through the ranks, uh, much like Conor McGregor in that in that fact in that way. Um, so. He's yeah he's legit he's the he's the real deal and um he's fighting Robert Woodicka who's um, yeah really came up the hard way through through the ranks as well just had to beat everybody they put in front of him and fought the near on unstoppable Robert uh, uh Yoel Romero twice for the uh to, to defend his belt so he, he's yeah legitimate one hundred percent and and it's gonna be a really really good fight Robert, Robert Woodicka is your your typical all round. Um, All round fighter He does everything In in mixed martial arts Well Not a specialist At at any one um, Component But just a real good All rounder He can fight you Anywhere and everywhere Whereas um, Israel Adesanya Has good enough Wrestling um, Defence and, and a good enough Jiu Jitsu and jujitsu offence and defence to, to not get submitted and not have to fight people on the floor. He can get back up to his feet and he can stop takedowns. He's really strong, long, wiry sort of guy as well. But he really is a specialist fighter. He's a specialist stand up Muay Thai kickboxer. Slash Muay Thai slash kickboxer. So he's gonna stand up and fight you, uh, sort of in his um, wheelhouse in the centre of the octagon there. So it's gonna be a really, really good fight. And no, I don't think either guy's gonna be looking to take the other one down. Um, and we'll just see whose strengths play out. I've got a uh, s it's a hard fight for me because I like both of these guys. I have followed both of their careers, and I've been massive fan of them in every one of their fights. Uh, now they fight each other. Um, I guess I'd I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the the Aussie, the one who builds himself um, as an Aussie, and who's the current champ, Robert Whitaker. and just because also I think that Stylebender, um, his time is is. If it hasn't arrived yet, it's still coming. You know? Do you know what I mean? He's either arrived now and he's going to show us on next weekend on Sunday or, or he's right at the precipice and he could take a loss and then get another couple more wins under his belt and get right back up there. I believe he's going to be champion one way or the other, whereas Robert Whitaker he's a champ now. He's in the middle of his run right now. He could win this fight, win another couple of fights, And then maybe him and Adesanya face each other again or maybe he loses the belt to someone else down the line. Who knows? But I just feel like his run's not over quite yet. If he was to lose to Adesanya, it'd be a hard path for him to get back to the the championship. So as far as stories go and as far as the longevity of people's careers and whatnot, I just feel that Robert Whittaker's got to really make an impression next week and and get this win to to prove he's the best 185-pounder in the world. And Israel Adesanya, he's right there and the loss won't. Won't end him. Won't finish his career. I think he'd be right back up there fighting for a title again within the next twelve months if he was to lose this one. So, I'll um, I'll go with my heart on this one for Robert Woodika. But you know there'll be no winners and losers for, the, for, for for me next weekend as long as it's a, a lot as long as it's a good fight. I'd love to see a good five round fight between these two and just really see what they're both uh, capable of, what they can bring to the table. So that's a big weekend of um, sport for me next week. I'm going to get out of the house. I'm not going to try and watch it here with the kids and everything. I'm just going to have to bail out and go watch it at the pub or at a friend's house or something like that, man, because it's just too hard to try and watch this kind of shit at, the, at home with the, the munchkins running running around and, and running amok, which always seems to happen when I watch big games and big fights and stuff at home. So, yeah, I was uh, – and I'm, and where they're playing, where they're fighting at Eddie Hadd Stadium uh, next week, I was there. In 2000, November 2015, when, when uh, Ronda Rousey took her first loss, um, she got knocked the fuck out by Holly Holm. And there was 57,000 people in the crowd, which was at the time the biggest gate um, that the UFC had ever sold. Um, so the biggest live crowd that ever performed for. And I think they're looking to... Looking, it's still the record now, and I think they're looking to beat that record the next weekend with these, when the Aussie and the Kiwi fought each other there, over there in Melbourne. So they're hoping to, to beat that 57,000 uh, mark. I think capacity is about 70,000 there. So that should be pretty interesting. And, and um, man, when, when Ronda Rousey got knocked out, it was fucking just amazing because she, everybody thought she was going to run through uh, Holly Holm while like she had every single one of her other opponents. She was undefeated. She looked inbeatable, unbeatable. 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 She looked unbeatable. She she looked unbeatable, um, invincible. Even you know, and the a weird vibe that goes on when you when you are at a UFC fight because you don't hear the commentary. I think that you can get yourself a headphone set that tunes into the to the commentary box, uh, but we didn't have those. So and it's not like a footy match where people are talking loudly and other things are going on. There's music and stuff in the background. It really is just when the fights are on, it's just weird, eerie, creepy. Quiet that goes over the whole stadium. So there's fifty-seven thousand people in there watching this fight, and 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 we're all kind of quiet watching the action. And when somebody gets a good shot off, you can kind of hear the whole crowd go "ooh," or something happens, and there's an "ah," you know. There's these kind of noises that, that just that um <laughs> that refer to to the action that's going on down in the octagon, and not not much else. It's kind of weird, uh, and then. It was like that with the Ronda Rousey fight, and then and then um, she kind of got touched up a little bit in the second round, and knocked down to her to a, a knee, and on her way up she got head kicked and knocked the fuck out, like out cold, and the roof just
1: blew off
0: the place. Man, just literally went from nearly dead quiet, everybody watching intently, to just. Rawr. Everyone up out of their seats, myself and Ems included, we're all looking around at each other like, oh, oh my gosh, did you see that? People got hands on heads. Some people were cheering because they hated Ronda Rousey and screaming. And just chaos ensued, man. It was absolutely insane. Such a great atmosphere, such a great feeling to be there. And even though I was a massive Ronda Rousey fan, just. Uh, yeah, I was there for history. I was there when Ronda Rousey got knocked out, the very first loss of her career, man, and it was bloody insane. And the way that it goes, just being dead quiet in there to just the roof exploding off the place was, was really something else, man. Hey, it was really cool. So, yeah, hopefully they can and replicate uh, uh, some sort of vibe and, and uh, some sort of historical uh, event there next um, next Sunday. Um, what else we got going on, man? I guess the, okay, I'll go over the um, the liquor restrictions quickly. Everybody's been... Buzzing about the new liquor restrictions in in town, um, I had a yarn to old mate down at um, the the Woolworths, uh on Thursday. I think it was just asked what the deal is, what the new uh, restrictions are. And to be honest, not really. It's not really anything too too crazy. Uh, I think you can now only buy one full one carton of full strength beer uh, along with your other purchases. So you can still buy beer and then some wine or beer and some spirits or whatever. Um, but and or, or a full carton of full strength and a carton of mid strength But there was a loophole where you could buy uh, A carton of full strength beer And then I think if it was an international um, beer You could buy two cartons of full strength for some reason Um, Yeah, but now you can only buy one carton of full strength at a time You can still buy um, multiple cartons of mid strength You can still buy up to a litre of uh, spirits as well um, and the other main change will be the wine. You can only buy three bottles of wine at one time, so you can't go in and get the six-bottle deals um, straight off the shelf anymore. Three bottles of, of wine at a time. That's probably the one that will affect us the most. We can't go in on once a week and just stock up and buy six bottles of wine. I have to go and buy three bottles one day and three bottles the next if I wanted to do it that way, which it meant it's not really major. It's not going to change my life at all. It's a, Again, I've, I've, I've given my opinion on... Um, liquor restrictions in town a couple of times on this podcast and, and what I think about them, I think they're hypocritical and I think it's backwards and a bit and uh, insulting and um, also there's a weird discriminatory factor there going on that they try and hide by by putting a blanket um, restriction over the whole town, but the whole thing's weird. But as far as my actual life goes, and it's not really going to make a difference to me, man. It's not going to change the way I do things or any or anything like that. So like I said, you just need to plan it out a little bit better. There's still a form you can fill out uh, either online or you can get a hard copy from them at, uh, um, at the store there and you can send it through. So if you wanted to buy um, a bunch of piss for uh, like a, a, an event, party, or a wedding, or, or a function, or whatever it was, you can fill out this form, send it through, tell them what your order's going to be. Um, I think you need to do that two days in advance or something along those lines, two or three days in advance, and then you can go in and you can stock up on your, your alcohol like you normally would. Um, so, yeah, again, if you've got a work party or whatever it is on, you can still do that. You just need to email them through a form prior, and they give those details to the, um, the police. So... Yeah, a bit weird, man, but again, it's not going to change your life. You, change your bloody life. Don't let it fucking, don't let them fuck with you. Don't let it get to you. It just it is what it is. We move on, they're treating us like children, yeah. But, you know, that saying, don't sweat the small stuff, I, I would put this down as um, in the scheme of things, the small stuff. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, we'll just keep moving on. Um, yeah, and I saw a little video yesterday online of um, the uh, old Port Authority tower got demoed. Uh, Recently, so they must have done a controlled um, explosion uh, At the base of it Because you just saw the video that The tower looks whole and just starts falling sideways So I guess they did an explosion down the base of it um, On one side So it fell the direction they wanted it to A little controlled controlled fall Demolition of the old Port Authority Tower Which is pretty cool, man That's a bit of an icon in town It's been here for a very, very long time Um, Obviously we've got the new Port Authority Town, now the new bigger and better one, but yeah, they've um, they they blew up the old one uh, on the. I think maybe I don't know if it was on the weekend or, if, or if it was the last few days. Might have been yesterday, but they've done that recently. And um, that that old that old girl's no longer. She's been dropped, so that was pretty cool as well. I thought. Uh, what else we got going on, man? I guess it's school holidays at the moment, so all the parents uh, will know about that. Um, <laughs> For for us, my boy's sort of in daycare, so he'll just be going to daycare on those days that he would normally be at school at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't changed anything too much for us. I can tell you one thing. I, I need a holiday. I'd be quite happy to go, to go on a holiday, which, you know, we have to plan our holidays kind of around school holidays now. As my boy gets older, as he moves into, uh, he'll be at school every day next week, next week, next year. Um, so that kind of sucks for us a little bit. We always used to plan our holidays specifically um, off kilter to the school holidays so that we didn't get the price hike and the the, the um, influx of people when we went wanted to go away to Bali or where, whatever it was But we're in that boat now where you know to do the right thing by the boy and his schooling we're going to have to Start planning our bloody holidays and school holidays too but um so that means for me um, That we're not going away this this, this school holidays i'm just working and my wife's going away the weekend at the end but um for me it means no more no 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 get away no holidays till the end of the year another another 3 months um for me till i get a get away and man i do feel a bit like i need ah uh, like i need a holiday haven't been away since um i suppose it would have been bali went to bali far out man march or april what I mean april april this year and it's just been in town working since then, which is you, you get to that point sometimes where you, oh, man, you just need a bit of a break. I'm feeling that at the moment. And then I, it's just dawned on, on me recently that I'm here for another three months. So I could book a holiday to Broome or try and do a little barley getaway before the end of the year. But, I mean, like I said, I'd be pulling the boy out of school if he were to go during the week. Um, and anything else, like, I don't know, it's just it's probably just best to put the head down and... Save my mu- save the money and and do a a, a nice big holiday um over cr- the Christmas period this year and you know not 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 spend all the cash that we've been working hard at putting away so I guess that's where I'm at at the moment we'll just I'll just keep my head down sending the missus down to Perth for a little girls' weekend with her sister um in a couple of weeks from now not next weekend the weekend after so she'll get a little break a little break from the kids and everything like that and be good but me I'll just have to I'll just have to um. Knuckle down and put up with it for another three months, man. Hopefully, don't go cr- cr- crazy in that time. Maybe getting out of town, going camping for a, a long weekend um, down at uh, out to Running Waters might might be enough to to just give me the taste of of um, I don't know taste of holiday life that I that I'm looking for. Oh my goodness! Oh, sorry, that yawn just came out of nowhere. Bloody hijacked me, that little sucker. Came out of nowhere. Yeah, man, I need a holiday. But yeah, we'll save the cash instead and, and go down and spend the money at Christmas. Not spend the money, all the money that I save, but go down and save our money for for Christmas break in, instead. Um, yeah, we'll we'll head down. I think we'll take three weeks off at Christmas this year. So drive down, do the Christmas thing in Perth with family and the lights and, and presents, and take the kids to the shops and really, you know, do all the fun, exciting shit at Christmas time that kids love to do. I love to do it too. Let's not let's not let's be honest here. I love Christmas. Um, we'll do all that shit down in Perth and then jet out of there the day after Boxing Day, head down south for a bit, see some friends down there and get away, take the camper trailer, go camp on the, the Blackwood River and some other little spots. I was speaking to Carlos last week on the podcast and trying and pick his brain when he gets back and see if he's got a few little out-of-the-way spots we can get down for a bit more of a quieter stay while we, where we're down there and then slowly make our way back up to um, to Headland after after the New Year's periods ended so, we might even take our time and come back up through Cal next month and shit like that. See how it all plays out. But yeah, get a bit of use out of the camper trailer and do it a little bit cheaper this year. And yeah, probably do a barley holiday February, March or something instead. And that's going against what I said about taking the kid out of school, but the boy out of school. But we'll do it once as a once off. Yeah, it'll probably be the only holiday we do. Sort of, th- yeah there will be I don't know we've got a couple little holidays planned for next year, but they'll be on school holidays. I'll do it once next year. I might take him out for a holiday like end of end of February, start of March, something like that. Get away for a sneaky little trip just to keep the sanity intact. And then it'll be yeah any other holidays we want to do next year will be on the school holiday period, so we'll be getting flogged with extra money on flights and and extra people um, all doing the same shit. But yeah, man. Um, Saying if we want to get out, want to, want you to get out of per uh, out of Headland for a little bit for a holiday, it's also that kind of. I guess this this end of the year won't be so bad. You know, you're looking forward to the Christmas break and and it heats up, but not ridiculously. But it, you definitely want to get out of town. At the start of next year, between you know, that in that first three month period, in my opinion, because it's hot as balls when you get back here next year. It's starting to heat up now, but it's be hot as balls and yeah, it's kind of a little break after the – come back after Christmas and you get put your head down and do the hard yards for a couple of months and then it's good to get away for a week or something like that, a little sneaky one, get away from the heat and shit like that, come back and then you've only got like another month or two before the, the heat breaks and we get into the beautiful time of year when really April, oh no, April May, June, July, even into August is just – there's no you don't need to get out of ta- get out of town like if you've got something on you've got something on but it really is a beautiful time of year here. There's no you're not trying to get away from any from anything. So that's a good time of year to just knuckle down and, and um put your money away and, and just yeah enjoy the the lifestyle and the weather and everything that we have in the Pilbara for that sort of what is it um, May June July August maybe four or five months. Of the year, it's really good to just hang out here and save money. But in the hot in the the hot season, you know, it's it's nice to get away every kind of two or three months, just to dip out for a bit and get refreshed. Come back back into town again. So, yeah, man, that heat is is definitely. Sort of coming but And as I said It doesn't normally get too crazy This side of Christmas It's when you come back And you've been a, Been away from the pilbara For a, a week or two Or three And you've been drinking And eating And you come straight back Into that humidity And, and get slapped in the face With it Like um, in the start of January That's that's when it really Starts getting to you um, Saying that though I've been doing Asbestos removal At work uh, lately um, So we've been in The full blown Asbestos suits uh, Head to toe You know with the Gloves on And friggin. The new P3 masks that we have to wear now, not just the little P2 mask, but it's a P3 respirator thing. So it's like this silicon mask that's stuck completely to your face, completely sealed to your face, man, with um, filters in it and shit. And After wearing that for half an hour to an hour in an asbestos suit out in the sun, it starts like you can feel there's a puddle of sweat in the thing man like sloshing around you can feel your own sweat like splashing against your lips and stuff it's 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 fucking disgusting man it's not it's not good each time you have a break you have to stop completely derobe dispose of your contaminated um, overalls and gloves and then, you know, get cleaned up before you head out of the decontamination de- zone to go have a drink. So you kind of stay in there for as long as you can because it's a hassle, derobing and everything. And then, man, taking that mask out, and pouring sweat out of it, giving it giving it a rinse out, wiping it all down with a towel and shit and all that and before you stick it back on and get back in the suit and go out and, and cook yourself again. is pretty... Pretty bloody gross man And we do all this work We look like friggin Has chem Fucking Workers with the mask on And the full Sperm suit Zipped up And all the PPE And then we throw it in Double plastic Wrap it So we, we double wrap Everything in plastic Tape it all up In the back of the truck Take it out to the tip Everything's full Fucking You know Going above and beyond To make sure No asbestos escapes And there's no Contamination outside of You know The, the area we're working in Then you get to the tip And they just tilt the truck up, tip the fucking thing in the dirt and the loader just pushes it into a big hole and all the plastic fucking splits open everywhere and it's just the whole thing's a fucking joke. It's ridiculous. The amount of work we go to on our end then you just get to the tip and it's just yeah. Yeah, literally throw it on the floor, push it with a loader into a hole. It's like, okay. But no one's looking out here, I guess. I guess that's the fucking thought process behind all that. But yeah So you definitely feel the heat When you're doing that kind of shit Pumping the electrolytes Back in your body and shit Because you're just sweating out All your minerals man All your salts and minerals You can't just drink water Like literally the Potassium And the sodium And and all that shit's just fucking Just pouring out of your skin So that's been my week My life for the last week or two um, Let's think Fuck most of it's done for me At the moment I'm back onto the Rebuilding stage of things uh, Which is good uh, But yeah You gotta do that Oh, man it's horrible that P3 mask I don't I don't, want, don't wish that on on anybody else the new the new standard with the big boys um yeah new BHP standard P3 fucker masks anyway um yeah, man. I'll I'll quickly I'll have a quick yarn about the Black Keys before I wrap this up. Um, they brought, the Black Keys dropped an, an, an album a couple of weeks ago. I actually wasn't aware this was coming out, and I didn't play it on Triple J or anything, so I kind of got blindsided by it. And, and I just heard the Black Keys on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast uh, last week, talking about it. So that was pretty cool, man. They they had a, a good yarn on the podcast. Talked about everything. They were on there for three and a half hours. Talked about their their new album, their style of playing music, how they how their band started. Um, they talked about the music industry a whole lot, which was really cool. Uh, Pat, I can't remember his name, but Pat from the Black, his last name, Pat from the from the Black Keys. So he's the drummer, and um, he really just talked nearly the whole time. I, th- I always thought that that Dan Auburn who's the singer and guitarist, was sort of like the the maybe the brains or the 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 driving force behind the band but pat just does all the talking man like you know he's a drummer but they write the music together very much is a collaborative effort between the two um and it's just a two-piece to black keys guitarist and a drummer and they they do tour with other artists with other musicians as well to fill their sound out but that's how they've started that's how they were for years and years and years and it was a really interesting chat hearing him talk about the music industry and how it is today, and how record labels really bend people over backwards and fuck you over, and how it's harder for kids to break through these days. And now that the, the record labels do 360 deals, which means because they're not making as much music on album sales and shit like they used to in the in the in the old days in the 90s and whatnot, they sign you to a 360 deal, which means they get um, a piece of your record sales, a piece of your touring sales, a piece of, piece of your like your, your ticket sales, a piece a piece of all your merch that you do. Which is where the band make their money on on merch and and um, ticket sale uh, and, and um, concert ticket sales. So yeah, and he's just they were talking about the the way the music industry is, how it's driven by fourteen year old boys and girls who listen to things on SoundCloud and and whatnot, and and um, yeah, there is a real weird thing going on in the industry today, which is why you hear all these sort of SoundCloud rappers and shit who've got a million followers on Instagram and stuff, and you hear their songs getting played, and it's not. Not very good, and then there's no longevity in these bands because the 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 cr- the fan base is so fickle because they're just young kids and the way they get their music they get it for free and it's and then it's they listen to them for a while and it's on to the next thing. Um, they're not loyal like fans that who are fans of the Black Keys have been built up over years and years of albums uh, being released and just doing the same thing that they do and they really build a long a long sort of um yeah reliable fan base up. And also that those those metrics of SoundCloud listens and and Instagram likes and all that kind of shit that doesn't doesn't actually pan out into ticket sales um, and and longevity longevity in bands' careers either because you know, you're talking about fourteen thirteen fourteen fifteen year old kids who are who are really the driving force behind those metrics and they don't buy tickets to, to concerts and shit like that so yeah really interesting chat man and it was cool hearing them about how they came up the yeah. old way. As a band, just playing gigs, slightly bigger gigs, slightly bigger gig, getting offered record comp, uh, record label, uh, record deals, turned down. I think three or four deals when they were nobodies, which was ballsy of them. Till the right deal came along, and really just keeping ownership of their music and and um, doing things the old school way, and and where it leaves you as a band. Whereas now that they still have control over all their music, they never had to change the way they did things because. They were always in control Of, of uh, The end result um, And then The difference between that And someone who gets signed By a record company Who really have uh, The final say on What your music sounds like And what you put out and, and how many albums You put out and And how it's mixed And all that kind of shit So yeah there's a lot of shit that went on um, in that conversation. It was a really cool. One good chat. Go check that one out as well if you're interested in that whole side of things. That Pat from from the Black he really has a lot of insight into to the music industry and uh, their latest album's great, man. It's just it's a bit of a honky tonk slash block rock kind of bluesy album. Um, first album they've put out in four years, and you can tell they're just they're still just doing what they want to do. There's a couple of catchy hit kind of radio type. Play songs on there and There's a couple of Songs that you, They just You can tell They don't care about If it's a money maker Or if it's what the The popular culture Want to hear at the moment It's just them Together jamming And making music And they haven't changed From that formula For the whole whole way Through their career So that's cool to hear And really refreshing man And um I know that That's still out there And still happening But yeah man That's about it Um I'd go I, I would it's called let's rock that album by the way first album in four years I highly um, recommend you go check that one out good just rock sort of bluesy yeah style album and um, that's about all I got to, to say today I didn't think I'd get through 49 nearly 50 minutes of, of, um, of talking today because like I said I had no 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 actual agenda just a few dot points um, written down to to kind of peruse and browse over. and I hope it was interesting enough and um that yeah. Stay keep keep stay tuned, stay following. I've got a couple of things coming up. Do have a a, a chat with uh, a fellow who was over at Burning Man, a mate of mine, Callum McGowan, who was at Burning Man recently he's gonna be on. He was gonna be on last weekend, but he went out camping and fishing instead. And so I jumped on and got on to fill that spot. Um, and yeah, he's he'll be on soon. He's a wild man. He's gonna have some wild stories. Probably him and his his missus will come on and have a chat. That'll be happening very soon. And then the boys from Shafted Spear Fishing, who are currently over in um, Cairns for their thirtieth, Zam and Luki's got their split thirtieth. They're over there um, diving and, and going chasing some dogtooth tuna. So we'll see how they go. See hopefully they come back with some good stories and a good yarn. We'll get them on and have a, and have a, a chat too. So. Um, yeah, and whenever Nathan Glock gets back from his Ironman contests over in Europe, I'll get him back on for a chat. Uh, and, yeah, just... just Keep keep it on rolling, man I spoke to Jared Goyan um, Yesterday or a couple of days ago Who I had on a couple of weeks ago from Northwest Muay Thai um, When I had him on The podcast, he wasn't sure Who his opponent was going to be um, And he says he knows who it is now And if you listen back to that podcast, we were talking about How he, he probably doubts he'll ever get a chance To fight a Thai because of his size He's sort of like 80 kilos, uh, all the Thais are Quite smaller than that, they're smaller People than, than the Westerners in general But um Turns out he's fighting a, a tie, a big tie, big tie, um, about the same size as him, um, who's a southpaw as well. So it's it's going to be a hell of a ride for him. I think he's excited about it. I think he knows he's got a big challenge ahead of him. So we'll be following his journey as well. And, um, yeah, yeah, hopefully he, he gets the win in that fight or at least get some good experience out of it. So I'll stay I'll, – I'll keep posting and stay up to date with that fight and, his, and how he's training and everything's going too. But, yeah, he, he knows who he's fighting. He's fighting a tie. So – whether I guess whether he wins or loses, I guess at least he gets to have that experience, which he didn't think he was going to have, being the size that he is. So that's cool, man. So yeah, thanks everybody again to li- for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, like it and share it, man. Get the- help me get it around and um, get more listeners and shit on uh, on board. That's all I got to say f- for this week. I'll be back next weekend, and yeah, hopefully we'll have another uh, guest on for a chat. Um, uh, yeah, next time around. All right, take it easy. Average map Podcast episode number 50. Dumb things. Over and out. Peace.